so we've taken this costume and we've made it part of how we show up as opposed to being vulnerable and saying, hey, look, guys, I can't do everything or being able to say no to certain things so that we can then say yes to other things. Mm. But the super mom doesn't do that. Super mom never says no. Mm-mm. Hey everyone, I'm Maria Sansone and welcome to another edition of Mom to Mom, the podcast. I'm so glad you're here today because this one is for all my super moms. Do you consider yourself a super mom? I know sometimes I do. You know that mom who is striving for perfection, attempting to do all the things all the time, like make those perfectly Pinterest homemade birthday treats for school, plus volunteering for soccer carpool pickup and all while, you know, working like a maniac to try to get ahead in your career. Well, spoiler alert, that's definitely been me. Uh, It's probably been you. I think we've all been guilty of this at some point. We want to do everything, but at what cost? Well, today help is on the way. We have an actual mom coach here to help us. Mom coach and mentor Deborah Porter joins us today to say, stop, stop the madness. She says that the so-called super mom syndrome is actually dangerous and we cannot do it all, all the time. So she's got some tips to create systems at home, achieve some home life balance. And I'm using air quotes when I say balance. I actually love her definition of balance because I know that that can be a loaded word. She's also going to urge us to let go of some of the guilt and the perfection and just live in the moment and be present. And I know that I could really use that. So I'm thinking that you probably can too. So whether you're a working mom or a stay-at-home mom or really any kind of mom, I think this conversation is for you. So here's my chat with Deborah Porter. Deborah, how are you? Thank you so much for joining us in the mom cave today. I am great. It's so great to be here. How are you? I'm good. I'm so excited because a lot of what you do aligns with what we're doing here on mom to mom showing women that being a mom doesn't have to be an isolating experience, even though a lot of times it really does feel like one. And I know that you are a coach, actually a mom coach and a mentor. So loving that. Tell us what that's all about. So I'm the ultimate mom coach for home life balance. And what that means is I help moms to create the systems in their home and in their lives that allow things to run smoothly at home, whether that's a morning and evening routine, whether it's the specifics of delegating, or whether it's actually meal planning, chore charts, whatever that looks like for that mom. And the purpose of that is twofold. One is so that that mom can go and continue to do the other things that she loves because our kids think we're just mom. That's all we do. And the other thing is so that the things at home can run smoothly, whether she's there or not. It doesn't all have to fall on her. Yes. It can be so hard though for moms to delegate. And in many ways, we are kind of like the CEO of our household. So any CEO knows you can't do it all yourself, but for some reason we try to do it all, all the time. Is it because we're all taping? (laughs) That could be. And I think that sometimes we feel like, you know what, it's quicker and easier and better if I just do it rather than taking the time to have to explain it to you because I could have had it done by now. But the problem with that is we then send kids off into their future and launching that don't have some of these real life skills, right? Because learning isn't all about academics. There are other things they really need to know how to do 
which means our linen closet may look a hot mess because they've told we've told them to fold the clothes and the towels in there instead of us, but it's okay. But it is a win-win to delegate because they're learning these life skills, like you said, and we are getting a little help. It's not maybe the way that mom would do it, but we're getting a little bit of help. Now, I know you talk a lot about super mom syndrome and how dangerous this can be. So tell us a little bit about what this even means. You know, I don't even like the term, the term super mom. And I see so many moms claiming it and owning it. But here's the problem that, that I personally have with it. The whole super mom thing, which comes from Superman, right? That's where the big S comes from. It's a costume, right? It's not even a real thing. But what we do as moms, we adopt it as a real thing. And now it becomes part of how we show up. Well, I can't say no because I'm always available and I really can't ask for help because I'm always used to doing it by myself. So we've taken this costume and we've made it part of how we show up as opposed to being vulnerable and saying, hey, look, guys, I can't do everything or being able to say no to certain things so that we can then say yes to other things. Mm. But the super mom doesn't do that. Super mom never says no. Mm-mm. So you just hit on two things. You said saying no. And I think that that's a really hard thing for a lot of people do to do across the board. And then you also talked about this idea of perfection and being perfect. And I definitely want to dig into that because I think a lot of this comes from that perfect image. And I'm actually reading a book right now called present over perfect. And oh boy, Mm. is it speaking to me because we're all after, I I know I am anyway, you know, this certain ideal. And um, if you can put the perfect away and just live in the now, oh my gosh, what a wonderful world would be in as parents. The problem with perfection is that I feel like the goal of perfection is literally to rob me of my peace. Because when I am looking at being perfect, I'm, I'm always on edge. I'm slightly antsy, maybe having a little bit of an anxiety attack. Because it's not right. And here's the other thing that doesn't help, social media. Mm. And so we understand that for our kids, right? We'll tell them too much social media. Don't worry about what people think of you. Meanwhile, we're having the same struggle looking at this perfect mom with her perfect kids and their perfect vacation, not realizing just before that picture, the brother slapped the sister in the face. Like, Of course. It's not real. The whole goal of perfection really is just this thing to keep us striving and moving and doing as opposed to really realizing that life is made up of all those little imperfect moments. That's what makes life what it is. And we know what a problem social media is, not just for Mm -hmm. the kids, but science is telling us that it's horrible for adults' mental health as well. And we have to all realize that what we're seeing on there, everyone, that's the highlight reel. And I'm guilty of it too. I try to put out my real self, (laughs) but you know, you want the picture that looks better and you want the one where the kids are looking, not when they're screaming at each other. So exactly the highlight reel, but it definitely, it, it gives us a misunderstanding about what's happening in other people's homes. I had one mom that I work with actually send the Christmas photo. That was just a hot mess. (laughs) And it was hilarious because we could all relate. We all know that's the real thing, like to get that perfect picture. But you know, one kid was crying, one was crawling away. Like, and she was like, you know what, I'm, this is what I'm sending. Cause this really is us. Picture day is the worst day. 
And every <laughs> parent knows this. When I see people on a beach with their dog and the kids taking the picture, I'm like, oh, Godspeed out there to you. God bless. Well, because okay. you know, the whole mental load that that went oh. with, with that mom that rested on her to make all of this look so perfect. The matching mm -hmm. bows, the right socks, the, the belt, the, all of it. So you have actually a plan for us. You have the three C method, break this down, help us get out of our perfect little heads. So I use this method to help moms. First one is gaining clarity. The first thing we have to do is figure out what do you want? And when I ask moms that I can't tell you that there is always this long pause because no one's ever really asked her that. And so really thinking about what is it that I want? What's working? What's not working? And what systems do I need in place so that if my girlfriend say, hey, let's go away for a couple of nights, I can do that knowing that I'm not going to come home to who knows what. Do you recommend writing that down to establish that clarity or is it just? Yes. Okay. No, it's absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. It's a, it's a written exercise. I find that once we start writing, the more of your senses that you can engage in this, the better. So I will even suggest for some moms, as you're writing it, read out loud what you're writing because you're seeing it, you're saying it, you're hearing it, you know, you're actually writing it. So the more that you can involve, the better. Now, the next and one then, is, is confidence. And this yeah. is a big mm -hmm. one because I know a lot of women who become moms and somewhere the confidence goes, it yep. disappears and it takes time to rebuild. Building confidence really is around the whole idea of being able to step into what you need and then speaking it. It also speaks to being able to follow your own gut instincts. You know, as it pertains to our kids, we may hear the term maternal instincts, but we have gut instincts. There's sometimes where you just feel like something about this isn't right, but the people pleaser or the super mom We'll push past that many times. And then we find ourselves in all of these different situations, all of these committees, all of these things that now are pulling from us, but we've not taken the moment to then deposit and pour back into ourselves. So building the confidence in that area is very important. And, the and then lastly, one. walking in courage. And this is a big one because this is where you really have to step into the whole idea that the word no is a complete sentence. I don't have to explain why I'm saying no. First of all, the hard thing to even say the no, but then feeling like, well, if I explain to them why I'm saying no, then maybe they won't be mad. As opposed to really just being able to say, I'm unable to help with that this year. Liberating. And, letting, and just let that silence sit there because someone else will step into what's necessary. And then losing the guilt that surrounds it. I think that's the other thing that's really battling for our confidence is guilt. Mom guilt around whether I'm taking time for myself or not doing this or not showing up there. Or It's one of those things where we go to bed at night and our minds are still like this, right? We can't even like wind it down. We're just, it's still swirling, still swirling. Deborah, we hear so much these days about the work-life balance, especially during the pandemic. I feel like that came up a lot. Is it possible? And also I know that balance is a little bit charged because women get asked about it a lot where men don't really get asked about balance too mm -hmm. much. Very true. But here's the thing about the word balance. I think many times we're thinking of the primary definition of it, but this is what, when I talk about home life balance, this is what I'm talking about. I'm going to read it verbatim. It also says that balance is different elements being in correct proportion 
to one another. So we're not talking about 50-50, but we're making sure that there's an appropriate balance, each thing proportionately getting what it needs to be able to thrive. And the concern that I have for moms is we are the part of that thing that doesn't get what it needs to be able to thrive. So everybody else is getting from us, everyone else is pulling from us, but the proportions are not accurate for us to be able to feel like we're not kind of having to show up from this place of empty. Yeah. And what about stay at home moms? I was a stay at home mom for 20 plus years. And so here's the dynamic. And I tread lightly on this subject because people sometimes like to put stay at home moms and work from home or work outside the home moms on different or opposite sides of this. It's the same storm. We're just in different boats. Hmm. So whether I'm staying at home or whether you're working at home or going to work, we all still deal with mom guilt. It impacts us the same. The tears we cry at night in bed when everybody else is asleep, it's all the same. So the storm is the same. The impact and the boats we're in is different. That For me, that's the only difference that I see. So 20 years as a stay-at-home mom, I'd love to hear a little mm-hmm. bit about your experience and then how that experience led you to this work that you're doing now. Initially, before having kids, I was a criminal investigator and probation and parole officer. Wow. So I don't know if I learned the whole idea of systems from working that job or if those jobs drew me because they were so based on systems. But at any rate, um, those were the things that I was doing before having kids. Started having kids, my husband and I, you know, having two little ones outside of school age, that's pretty expensive in childcare. And so we just made the decision, let's just give this a whirl. And it was always, well, when they go to school, I'll go back to work. When they go to high school, I'll go back to work. But at each stage, I felt like there was a need for me in a different way. The whole idea of the systems and needing those at work very quickly for me became uh, very obvious that I did not have them. You know, I was this career woman and now I'm staying at home looking at these kids and they're looking at me and I'm just like, yeah, I don't know what we're supposed to be doing either, guys. I just, I'm, I'm not quite sure what this means. So I very quickly got into place to the place where I knew that I couldn't do this by myself. And so the first thing that I did was I hired a little mother's helper, mm. a girl in the neighborhood, just before driving age. I was still at home, but she would come and play with the kids, which would give me an opportunity to read a book. God forbid, or go get my nails done, you know, but it was someone that I knew my kids loved. And it was just that extra little help that I needed. And so as I began doing these things for myself, my friends were asking, well, how did you read a book? Who has time to read a book? What are you talking about? You read this book. And so I just started kind of sharing the things that I was doing, realizing, okay, it wasn't just me. I'm not the only one struggling with this. We talk about self-care all the time here on mom to mom because it is so important. And one of the things that's come up a lot is you truly have to pencil it in for yourself. So if that's a conversation you have to have with your partner or with a mother's helper or a babysitter or whatever, you've got to put it on the calendar as if it were the most important thing. And I would even go a step further instead of penciling it in, I'd say put it in ink because if you pencil it in, you can erase it and you can move it. I used to do this and actually I still do it now. All my kids are on their own. We're empty nesters. But every quarter I would take two days and leave the house. So I'd leave early one morning and I'd come back late the following night. And so they had a full 48 hours, which my kids were little when I was doing this, but I needed them to know that things can function without me. Dad can get this done. You will eat. I don't know what, but you will eat something. 
but I also needed to see if my systems were working and you'll never know if they're really working unless you remove yourself. Hmm. Because if you're there, the systems are always going to work. But if you're not there, that's how you find out how the systems work. And these were solo trips. Like I wasn't going on girlfriends. Like I recharged in quiet. And so I would go, it's a staycation. Like I wouldn't fly. It wasn't very expensive, but I would maybe drive to the next town over, get a hotel room, get a bunch of junk food. And I would just do whatever I wanted for two full days. That sounds glorious. (laughs) And it sounds like you did it without guilt. I would imagine that a lot of the moms that you work with and moms in my friend group, there is this tremendous amount of mom guilt, but it seems like you managed to get away from that. How? You just have to push through it. I'm going to tell you one time I was leaving and my daughter wasn't feeling well that morning. And she says, she comes running, mommy, I don't feel good. Mommy, I don't want you to go. I don't think you should go. I really don't feel good. And I'm just like, oh gosh. But this still small voice in me said, she's got to know that daddy can handle this too. And he needs to know that he can handle this too. So I gave him the phone number of the pediatrician, which was literally a mile from our house. And I was like, look, she doesn't feel good. I'm still going. I think you guys will be okay. And I'm not going to lie. I cried pulling out that driveway, but I knew that this was bigger than that. Like she wasn't deathly ill. And she may have even been lying just because she didn't want me to leave. I'm not even sure at this point. She's 30 now, so I should ask her. But the guilt is one of those things that it's just one of those difficult, big feelings that you just have to move through, feel it, right? Go with it. I cried, but don't let it shift and change the thing that you know you need for yourself. Well, Deborah, I think we can all agree that having an identity outside of just mom is super important. And I think we all strive for that. The question is how, how do we do this? And I know it's not probably a simple answer, but you work with moms all the time with this. I love this question because I, I, I compare it to how we show up for our kids, right? Whether it's a soccer game, a part in the school play, whatever it is, we are there front and center cheering them on. Think about how great it would be for your children to be able to be at an event that you're being honored or something that you love, you're participating in, and they get to cheer you on. It's very important to really let your family see all that you are. Yes, you're a mom. That is a hat you wear. You're also someone's daughter. You're a friend. You may be a great photographer. You may be a weightlifting mom. Like There are so many different things as various as each of us, why would we want to squash all of that during those years as opposed to showing up as our full selves, letting our sons and our daughters appreciate you know, all that we bring to the table. And so it starts perhaps small, you know, what's that thing you've been wanting to do or that thing that you've always loved to do that you've put on the back burner? Pick that up again. Pick that maybe spend those two days that you go away because I'm pushing that. Every mom needs to take a solo trip. But spend that time focusing on that thing that you love. I've had the opportunity to co-author a book um, probably a couple of years ago now, but seeing my kids show up with flowers for me and cheering for me when my name was called, I mean, it just was such a full circle moment because I thought about all my, those bleachers that I sat in uncomfortable 
cheering my son on as he was wrestling. And this was the moment they got to do that for me. So it's important for them as well. There's no better feeling than overhearing your child being proud of you. I could cry yes. thinking about this. Like I've yes. caught my daughter talking about what I do and uh, some of the things that she's proud of. And it's like, oh my gosh, best feeling in the entire world. It's a lesson for them too, right? Because we got to remember they're watching, right? It looks like Always. they're playing with their toys and doing other things, but they're watching. She's watching you and she's watching you show up. Think about how that will impact her in her future. Oh my gosh. We have covered so much today, Deborah. I love all of this, especially that solo trip talk. I think we yes. all need to go and figure out where we can escape on a solo trip. Moms, we're giving you permission out there to do that. Yay. Um, Deborah, if there are folks out there who want to follow along with you and learn more about what you do, where can they do that? So they can go to the website, deborahporter.net. There's a couple of freebies on there, some things to kind of help get you started. Also on Instagram as Mom Coach Deborah, And um, then on Facebook also. So any of those places, I would love to be able to support them at wherever they are in their motherhood journey. But if you pop over the website, you'll get some free things. Deborah, thank you so much. I am so happy that we got to have a little mom coaching today with you. Thank you. It's been good to be here, Maria. I appreciate you. And that's a wrap for this episode of Mom to Mom. Thank you so much for joining us today. New episodes every Monday. And of course, you can watch us on TV on NBC 10 Boston on Mondays at 1130 a.m. And if you'd like to be a part of our Mom to Mom community, please, I invite you to visit our Facebook page. It's Mom to Mom with Maria Sansone. And I'd love to see you over there. 